for those in attendance and USC fans watching around the world. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son, MMA and TTRPG podcast and the destination for the best NPCs in the entire flipping universe. <laughs> and we are delighted and honored to have Mason Jones, the lightweight contender in the UFC. This is our second in-studio podcast, and I cannot tell you how delighted we are to have you here. Mason, how are you doing, man? Well, pleasure obviously to be over, over mm -hmm. and to be invited down um it's not far from where i live so, and it worked out well with my plans today anyway so worked out well but yeah i'm good um and yeah i'm excited for the podcast hey we're super glad i i was just saying to to our team um who are just uh, just out of frame at the moment how excited we were to have you you know you you're uh, a ufc contender you're a, a, a black belt in two martial arts you're an absolute three now is it incredible <laughs> there we go three martial arts and you know uh, I said, I'm excited to be this close to greatness, was what I said to the team earlier. I was like, it's one of those things where you're, it's rare that we get to meet people who are so dedicated to what they do and who put so much in to their, to their passion uh, that I, I was just like, I'm really excited to speak to you today. What I want to start off by asking you is, you just came off a big win uh, in the UFC. What did you do after your win? You were in Vegas. How did you celebrate? What was, it, what was the evening after the fight like? So, what did you get up to? We finished about one o'clock in the mm -hmm. afternoon. Yeah. Obviously, the fight card was really early, so mm -hmm. by the time we hit the medical reports and different things and did my interviews, um, you literally just get kicked straight out of the venue. Like, yeah. um, before you fight, all your kit is taken to medical. Mm -hmm. um, when you finish, they take you to drug tests and medical, yeah. and then straight from there to interviews. And then as soon as you're done, they basically escort you onto the bus and they ship you off. <laughs> so um, they, they just want everyone to clear out. So we left, um, we went back to the room. Um, obviously there was no isolation bubble this time. It was the mm -hmm. first Vegas card they've done without an isolation bubble um, full time. So the only time you're in isolation is after weigh-ins and then before the fight. Yep. So as soon as we was done, we ordered takeaway into their flat. Um, what well, do accommodation. So I had Chinese food, which is nice. <laughs> I've been dieting hard, it's always crap. <laughs> so we had a good Chinese meal. Um, I put on the business card again. Um, I had a shower, got changed, and then we went to the strip, which was the first time this time in nice. Vegas. Um, and I made reservations in Sushi Samba, which is oh, nice. in uh, the one of the hotels. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, no, um, next to the Venetian, I think it is. It's one of the ones okay. to the right of the Venetian. So um, the Win is that the one? There's no, one. It's not the Win. Okay. It's um, it's close. It's okay. close. Um, so yeah, we made reservations in there, and we literally just had like a bit of a chill night. Um, afternoon, went back then, picked some stuff up from the outlet, yeah. um, went back to the room um, and tried to get some sleep before we was flying on the next day. Um, I, unfortunately, every time I fight, I never sleep. So, um, weigh-ins, I didn't really sleep. I had a good night's sleep, which was the best night's sleep I had the entire camp before the fight. Um, fought and then I slept for an hour and a half, and then, uh, sorry, two and a half hours. And then when we was traveling, I slept for an hour and a half. So I slept about four hours in the two days. So Jesus. by the time we got home um, and I got to see my girlfriend finally for the first time in six months, <laughs> um, I was tired. But um, yeah, it was it was a good trip. And to, like 
the fight didn't go anywhere near to plan. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of things that I wasn't happy about, but then there was a lot of things I sort of dealt with I'd never had to deal before in that fight um, mm -hmm. and in the prep. And like every fight is different, and at the minute we're sort of trying to plan out the, the best approach to it, mm -hmm. um, personal experiences, because it's a bit like anything. Um, things that work for you work differently for other people, and mm -hmm. things that work well for one person doesn't work for there. And then as I get older, my body changes, we're like trying to plan like the perfect weight cut, the perfect recovery plan, um, the perfect amount of this, the perfect amount of that, the perfect amount of training, coming into fight week, my weight, all these different things, all these different variables we're trying to control. Mm. And um, I was a little bit sick um, going in into the fight. Um, I had a bit of the flu, so by the time I fought, um, my gas tank was nowhere to be found. But um, I got the fight done, I got a win, and uh, yeah, we move on to the next one. Thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. Do you Next know what? Step. It, it was a, it was, it was definitely we we watched it and we've actually rewatched it since. And we it, watched it separately, didn't we? I was gonna say we actually watched it separately from each other, and we've just watched it together as well. Um, and it was really great to just see. Uh, Again, like you said, you've not dealt with some of the things you dealt with in this fight, going up against the adversity and things like that. Uh, it was really nice to see you kind of power through and really work your way through that. Um, so on that, um, the first thing my boxing coach said when the fight was over mm. was when they interview, don't tell them I'm your striking coach. So you can imagine exactly how happy they were with my striking. So my side of things on that, um, I had a little bit of problems with padding out in Team Alpha Male. Mm. My coaches couldn't really come out mm. um, with different things. I was a bit low on funds after the Alan Patrick fight mm. because obviously the no contest mean I got mm. half my purse. Mm. And then I literally went, I was home for f about a week mm. and I went straight back out to California, paid for a flight myself and was back in camp there for a August fight. Then it was a September fight. Then it got yeah. pushed back to That's October. Right. Mm. So it was literally, it was, um, I did 19 weeks of camp uh, yeah. hard training, yeah. intense training, eating, staying in California, which is expensive. Yeah. Um, and all these different things just meant that it added extra sort of problems. Like when this fight came up, my opponent pulled out. I remember I spoke to my manager and I said, tell Sean, I don't care who it is, I need to fight. Yeah. And then I was like, look, I can't afford not to fight. And yeah. that was a position I never wanted to be in. I never wanted to be in a position where I needed to fight for money. I've always been in the mentality that you should never have to fight for money. Yeah. You should always have sponsors that cover you mm -hmm. year round so that you can always choose the right fights work for you. Of course, yeah. Which is perfect if I'm living in the UK. Yeah. Not so much in California. Yeah. It added about 40,000 onto my living expenses. Of course, yeah. So um, it's just different things that make it make problems and all the money I had sort of dried up. So this this fight was something I, like, it didn't really matter who it was. They could have offered me someone who was ranked. They could have offered me anyone and I would have taken the fight. Yeah. So um, to have a fight, the matchup was perfect for me. It was yeah. a... a one-dimensional striker with zero wrestling, um, with who was strong and athletic, mm -hmm. but it was coming in lighter than me. So it, literally everything added up that it was going to be my my fight. And when I watched him back, I seen him slow starting. So I was like, I need to hit him hard from the start. I can get that finish early. And um, to be fair, I come out, I hit him hard from the start. He reacted better than I expected, and my striking was quite poor in this fight mm -hmm. anyway. Um, I struggled with pads and different things, and like I said, it wasn't very well. But these are all excuses, and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Like, um, I always quote over and over again, um, which is a quote by the Black Beast, Derek mm -hmm. Lewis. Mm -hmm who said it doesn't matter whether you're 20%, it doesn't matter whether you're 40% or 100%, all that matters is winning. Mm -hmm. um, because 
all the matches went on on the day. And if you think of people like John Jones, even though he's a cheater, but you look at people like him, yeah. Habib, um, they they always won. It didn't matter yeah. whether they. Habib's a good example. I guarantee you, some of the fights he fought, he felt forty percent, mm. and he still dominated. So we're getting there. But um, I didn't feel good. Didn't matter. I come out. I started strong. Um, I rocked him really early. His eyes yeah. rolled in his head, and um, I got a little bit gun ho then, uh, rather than staying controlled like I've done in my Adam Proctor fight, in my Joe McColgan fight, mm. in my UFC debut. Even though obviously again that was one of the days I didn't really perform well, um, I got a bit gun ho, and I sort of threw a bit wild and I remember we clinched up and he grabbed onto me and um, he, he wasn't strong um, I just remember that I just couldn't breathe um, mm. I took a deep breath in and nothing would come in and it's the first time where my gas tank was just non-existent in a fight mm. and that's out of 14 or 13 pro fights where many I've had now all my amateur fights which MMA record I think there's done for one but there's about three or four and then mm. all my judo fights which are hundreds and hundreds yeah, of bouts yeah. jiu-jitsu fights kickboxing bouts like I've been competing since I was what seven eight years of age yeah, exactly. so uh, I've had hundreds of fights and I've never struggled with my gas tank in any mm. of those performances so for me it was new but I've, I've got highly level wrestling and even though I didn't do an offensive wrestling camp yeah. I've still worked with D1 wrestlers and I have been working with like Andre Feely um, like mm -hmm. I said Chris Gonzalez is a D1 wrestler there's Ryan Loder who's another D1 level wrestler mm -hmm. there's all these guys so I have been working trying to take them down as well as my wrestling defense for this fight was magnificent and I didn't need it at all yeah. but um, again I've sort of improved to a certain extent and I've improved in a certain area that I didn't need so when that next fight comes along and I tidy up, which is the easiest aspect that I find to improve, which is my striking, then you are going to see these credible performances and I am going to start making waves, which I should have already. I, I fully believe that. I agree. I mean, well, let's, just, let's just take a step back. That performance, um, and even, even, even the, the first two performances, I mean, uh, Biz being on the mic that night was uh, touting his belief in you as uh, having championship talent. And... And it's shown through in different aspects. There has been moments in the previous two fights where you know we got to um, almost like try to hit a restart on just a couple of those those decisions. And there was actually a moment during this Onama fight where I think it was the second round where he puts his hand down on the floor and uh, I need him in the head. You need yeah. Him in the head. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh fuck, <laughs> Herzog, do not, do not. Yeah. So, what was going through your head at so that moment? <laughs> in in that before the fight. Um, I straight away said to Jason, uh, to Iz, Iza, mm. I said, look, I'm a big fan because I do like Jason's ref yeah, and he's yeah. a very good ref. Yeah. And um, he said, look, and he went through the rules, different things. And um, he said straight away, he said, look, he said, if there's any time, he said, where your opponent's grounded, he said, I will tell you, but coaches, don't be afraid to tell him, look, he's down, look, he's up, it's fine. Mm. So I was actually looking to his legs and I was like looking, trying to turn him round. And then as I went to throw the knee, I seen his hand was down and I tried pulling it. And I need him in the head, but um, I did pull it enough so that there was there was yeah. like there was no cutting, yeah. there was no impact, there was nothing too bad. And I literally looked at him straight away and I went, "Oh fuck!" I said, "I am so sorry." I said, and he went, "Look, it's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it." And he went, "Go over there to your side." And mm. I actually went straight to my corner, which is naughty, and was talking to them. And then um, he was like, "Stop talking to your corner and push me to the other, and told me to go over the other side." So then I started trying to talk to Bispin while he's on the mic. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, Mike, I've done it again." And he was like laughing while trying to comment. So um, yeah, it was stupid and um, like. Coming back, like that was one of the things my coaches were very, very annoyed about, that I almost ruined another one of my fights. Yeah. Because again, um, 
when I did the, po- the pre-fight interview, mm. they said about, oh, you were unlucky for your first two performances. I said, no, I said I wasn't lucky. I messed, well, I fucked up my debut with Mike. Mm. Um, there was things they did into that camp I did wrong. Mm. Um, and then still it didn't matter. I lost the fight that I could have won easily if mm. I prepared better and if I'd been a bit smarter with my preparation, rather than try and make an impact if I just slowed down, mm. relaxed a bit, and then just been a bit more prepared, I would be fine. And when I mean a bit more prepared, I mean if I trained a little bit less. Yeah. Um, my fight with Alan, um, everything was perfect. My preparation for that one was perfect. It's the biggest weight cut I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the biggest I've ever been coming into a fight and mm-hmm. it's the best I've ever prepared and the best I've ever felt. And like my coach mentioned, he said he would have been like to see what I was like in the later rounds to see how I held up. But he knows as well as I do, I never really struggle with my gas tank. Yeah. Apart from this fight. <laughs> so um, that fight was going one way and that was, I was going to stop Alan in emphatic fashion mm-hmm. and Alan knew that, obviously the rematch. Mm. Did annoy me, um, all the Alan suitcases, uh, because... You didn't want that smoke. <laughs> but he signed a contract to fight, even though we didn't understand why he signed a rematch contract, because they offered me... Um, I was looking for August, like I said, mm. and then they couldn't get me in August. Then they were September 4th in London, mm. and I had flight to due to come back home. Then I had to cancel and stay out there, because they said, look, they're moving it to Vegas. Mm. And then they were like, look, we can't get you on the card in Vegas now. Um, we want you to fight October 23rd. So I said, who? And they offered me... Uh, Alex Munoz, who mm-hmm. is one of my training partners in Team Alpha Male, yeah. um, also just had knee surgery. So I literally said, look, I'm training with the guy. He's just had knee surgery. I was like, he's out. I was like, so it doesn't even need to be a hard decision or not. He's out. He's injured. Mm. He's just had surgery. Like nine months surgery, there's no way. And he laughed, but I said, I'll fight you with one leg. And I said, yeah, perfect. I said, I want to get paid anyway. So we <laughs> joked about that. But um, then they offered me the Alan Patrick rematch. I said, look, perfect fight for me. I said... I want revenge for that anyway, mm. and I want to make sure I get that win ticked off. He signed the contract because he didn't have a choice, and then 10 days notice, he pulled out with a cut to his eye. So he had an injury to his eye. Again. The same day he pulled out, <laughs> yeah, the training one this time apparently. <laughs> the same day he pulled out, he was putting photos on his Instagram. Whether it was old photos or not, he was putting photos up and videos and live videos of his face with no injuries on his eye. Then five days out, he's posting, saying that he's looking forward to fighting me in Vegas mm. to get the pre-fight boost to his Instagram mm. um, and saying, like, who's part of the team for the travel. So I literally, one of my, my coaches seen it um, because they looked at his Instagram, sent it to me and was like, look, what the fuck's going on? Because I didn't have an opponent at the time. Mm, yeah, course, said, you yeah. fighting Alan or not? So I sent my manager, sent to Sean, and they were like, look, they'll shut that down straight away. So all of a sudden that got removed. And then obviously he announced that he pulled with an eye injury and that he was hoping to fight November 10th. Mm. While all the way through this, he was putting photos up and live stories and different things with no injury to his face at all. So whether there is something going on with his eye that obviously wasn't visual, which Mm. is something that I didn't really understand. If you have an an injury that can be healed within a week or two, it's Mm. usually something that's external, the skin deep. It's not usually something that's actually on your eye, which is going to take longer. So um, I do think that he made it up um, because he didn't want to get cut from the UFC. There's no other way out for him and he didn't want to fight me. So... I do think so, but um, at the end of the day, uh, I got to fight um, David, and David was a tough fight. Um, and I think he, I do look forward to seeing his next fight in the UFC. I'm not sure how he'll get on, but I, I do look forward to seeing his next I fight. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. I think, you know, he, he, he came in looking uh, big for a 145er, for sure. Obviously, he weighed in it, uh, I think it was 153. 153. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, so... You know, I, I can imagine, you know, that, again, must have been a little bit of a shock coming in. You know, you're expecting him to be smaller and stuff. But clearly, I think 
the big thing that was the, the, the tail of it, and the one thing that I really took away from it that I really loved is how strong you are with your grappling. And it's just unbelievable because even though you said, you know, your gas tank went out. Well, to um, this point, I literally got under his chin twice. And yeah. um, my coach was saying, look, why aren't you squeezing? I had an arm triangle on that I didn't squeeze at all. And it was yeah. literally because I was that gassed, I just couldn't breathe. Yeah. So I literally got under his chin and I remember he had fingers in the gloves and was peeling. Mm. And rather than literally just fight it, push my hips through and squeeze, mm. like, um, uh, who's that Chimeyev did, yeah. um, with you smash the hips through, you hit some good ground and power, and you take mm. the neck. Jack Shaw's a perfect example of it. Mm. I literally just gassed, I couldn't breathe. Mm. <laughs> nothing would come in. Um, the second round, I watched back, and even though I was throwing shots, nothing was dangerous. I made mm. no position to advance, and I think that's why the judges give him the second round, because there was one exchange he caught me with standing up. Even, um, even the scorecards, I think I come out with more significant strikes and more strikes, mm. or it was close. Um, obviously, I had the nine minutes of control time, yeah. so I did control for most of the time. But yeah. unless you're advanced position, unless you're being dominant, the judges will not give it to you. Yeah. And that second round, I was literally just so gassed I couldn't do anything. And um, like, if you watch my existing fights, everything's been a high pace. I, I've had bigger output, I've had mm. bigger wrestling exchanges, mm. um, and I can persistently keep for it sure, up. Yeah. So for me, it was it was a new new ground to cover. But um, yes, yeah, something that I think we sort of know what the problem is, and I think we can deal with moving forwards. I was gonna say, but. Irregardless of how low your gas tank was, every moment there was a scramble, you came out with dominant position, you came out on top. Um, every time there was transitions happening, you were rolling with them beautifully, you were moving perfectly and ending up in the right position. I wanted to actually ask you because the weight that you put on people from the top when you're grappling, even in a clinch position up against the cage, on the ground, you're so heavy. Is there a secret to like getting that much weight on people? Because you really like weigh down on people and they can't so, deal with it. I think my MMA wrestling, as we call mm. it, is probably about a six or seven out of 10 at the moment. Mm -hmm. You look at like Chimeyev and the way he dealt with the leech. Yeah. I think that's a good solid nine or 10 out of 10. Yeah. Mm. And like, I've still got ways I need to improve. Like how many times I took him down, I think they said I had nine out of 14 takedowns, even though I don't know where that come from because mm -hmm. I thought every takedown I went for, I succeeded on. I don't think any of the takedowns, I don't think he stopped any of them. because he back up a minute later yeah. doesn't mean he wasn't so, on the ground. <laughs> um, like, every takedown I went for, I succeeded in, mm. um, but he shouldn't have got back up. The mm. first takedown, mm. it should be one takedown every round, that should be the end of it. Mm. So my pressure is slightly off. Like, um, I've been working more and more in Team Alpha Male with Andre Feely, Chris Gonzalez, Mike Malott, on these wrestling systems to keep people down. And like, um, my wrestling pressure, pressure is slightly off, but it is better. I'm better at hanging on people, I'm better on dragging people down, and I'm better on um, sort of minimizing contact. But, like there was times where like I took the back and I fell off, and like these are not the oppositions I usually struggle with. Like mm. I got a BJJ black belt, I'm a judo mm. black, a judo black belt, um, as well as my striking was off. So these little positions where I wasn't quite performing as well mm. as clean as I should be, and I still dominating in positions easily. Like I said, um, so. I didn't fail in one takedown. Mm. Um, I dominated the wrestling exchanges, and like whether people did think that I did hold him down, I didn't really advance, and I mm. did lay and pray a little bit. Um, that is fair enough, but like standing up, um, like I didn't, there wasn't one exchange where I got rocked. The second exchange where it did look like he scored well was mm. more so that my balance was off. There wasn't one place where I thought, shit, I need to take him down because I'm in danger. It was just more so that I was just like, I'm getting outstruck because I literally just got no gas tank. My hands are by my side, my chin's in the air, mm. my mouth's open because I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it's just stupid to stay standing up. Just especially leaving, when leaving the button right dominant, there to yeah. me. Yeah. And like my coaches literally said to me in the corner, stop standing up with him, just mm. keep taking him down. Yeah. You can take him down whenever. Why are you trying to strike with him? And I think that's sort of a pride 
thing because I knew I could finish him standing up and then I'd have like a couple of good a couple of like seconds of good work and then again I'd just be empty and I'd just be like look you just need to wrestle and I'm, I know I can wrestle while tired like I said I've dealt yeah. I trained in Team Alpha Male for my camps yeah. they've got some of the best wrestling in the world yeah, so I mean yeah 100% I think it's just one of those ones where it, it felt like like you said though you were dominant and there there were moments your striking, though you were gassed, was still clean. Like you, had, there was one combination that I think was my favorite combination of the fight. You hit him with a beautiful jab to the body, and then a huge uppercut, and it just clipped his chin. He just mm. stepped back, like at the right moment, and he just clipped his chin. And though you were gassed about it, it was still so slick. It was sharp and it was clean. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I didn't think your striking looked as bad as maybe you. Th you maybe you maybe my, my, my boxing say, coach thought because since yeah. I got home, yeah. he's been hounding me to train. Like I have got little niggles. So I haven't really been training much. I trained Monday, I trained Tuesday, mm -hmm. and then I was meant to train um, today. Mm -hmm. And then obviously um, we had, um, uh, sorry, I was meant to train Wednesday, and then I had um, a couple of things come up Thursday. Obviously, again, mm. we were a bit busy, and then today, obviously, I'm down here. So, um, uh, I'm do, trying to get back into training, but there's some little things I'm dealing with. So, um, Monday, I'm hoping to get back properly and to start pushing when I mm. sort of have some more answers, and um, we can go from there. But, like, my coach is determined to get me back in the gym, and there's little things we know we can clean up. And, like I said, it's all about this, getting to this perfect position and this perfect um, sort of... These, these perfect moments that, like, the first round where I rocked him, I should have finished, and mm. that would have been... A definite performance winning yeah. fight and like I make waves but at the moment they're small I want to make sure that I'm, I'm literally diving through and I'm showing people exactly who I can be like I don't be one of those guys who are on like a six or seven fight win streak and they're like oh who's this guy I don't really know who he is like Habib Habib is on a, an eight fight nine fight I mean, win streak before people really start paying attention yeah, yeah. Leon Edwards Arnold Allen Arnold Allen Arnold Allen's I don't understand. He's on a ten-fight win streak, and no one really cares no, no, who he no is. No one even cares. I know it's it's, it's, it's harsh wild. to say, but yeah. I just it, it, he wild. should be fighting for titles, and I no agree. one really. But then um, Andre, I spoke to about this, and like he said, like he's had fights where he's lost, mm -hmm. and then he's thought, look, it's bad, but at least now I can easy to get fights. And then he's had like six months where he's been accepting. They've offered him like five people. He's accepted everyone, mm -hmm. and they've all turned him down. Yeah. And it's like. It is hard. People get to the place where they want to pick their own route through, yeah. and it's not always that easy. People usually don't want it. Like unless you attract the higher ups' attention in the UFC and you get mm. under Dana's eyes, mm. then it's it's hard to get fights. Yeah, like um, the, there's the, 600 people on the roster. Yeah. for God's sake, you know that's a lot of people. And it's I mean if you're if you know if you look at Arnold, he is sixth ranked. Uh, featherweight. Featherweight in the world. So everyone above him is thinking. Do Why? I want it? Do I need to take the risk? So unless he's bringing so much um, buzz Hype. around him mm. that the UFC is saying, yeah, you, you actually have to fight him. Well, this is one of the secrets that it's not a secret that people don't really understand. And it's something that I've known since we started and something that um, I've always said in interviews is we're not fighters, we're products. And that's the easiest way to think of it because fighting's the easiest part. Yeah. For me, fighting's what I love, but it's all about product management. So like when you see people like who, like you have to be pushing your social media, you have to be pushing your hype train. It's like I get these questions, like um, people always ask me like, oh, what do you think about Paddy with um, like his new deal, like the way he handles himself and things. I said, look, I said, it's amazing to see and it's amazing to see people do well. I said, obviously, if I end up on the fight and that's a different cup of tea because I think I would literally clean up. Um, I, I thought that for a long time. I was literally thinking, I would love to see Paddy. I was but, just thinking that. Yeah. But, He's doing so well, and like it's really nice. It's nice to see him. I mean, mm. we're managed by the same team as well, yeah. so um, like 
it's just nice to see someone do well and it, it does open more doors. And it's the same as like when you see other people in your division doing well um, and you see people making waves. Like Sean O'Malley, a lot of people hate on Sean O'Malley for the way he is, but all it does is attract more attention to yeah. MMA. Yeah. Like the the Conor McGregor's, the different things, like even the Jake Paul stuff, like people always, you see a lot of hate for the YouTubers in yeah. fight games and I've never understood this because when you get to that top tree movement where mm. you're top of the branch and you are literally, you go have all this power sway, then why wouldn't you fight YouTubers? Yeah. Like I would love to be in my 30s champion in the UFC and the lightweight division, maybe two divisions. Mm. Um, I do like to set my goals high. Um, with all this hype, below me to retire and slip away like Habib did and then rather than just ride off in the sunset to go and beat YouTubers up for a few years <laughs> millions and millions of pounds like why wouldn't you want to do that like and I if agree. you don't if you don't believe that these fights uh, if not fixed and they don't have requirements like the Conor McGregor and Mayweather thing there was definitely a clause um, announced that neither of them would knock the other one out definitely mm -hmm. like these fights because again it's Boxing's different. It's not yeah. boxing's not a fight for sport. A lot of the, the top division boxing is is performance, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's all about performing to a certain standard. And if if you haven't clicked onto that, then you haven't really been watching yeah. the fight sports close enough. But that's why I like MMA because MMA is real is as real as it gets. Like there's yeah, still like there's sure. the odd things where it's like um um uh oh, what's his name um the Featherweight, it was a featherweight champion, Volkanovski yeah. and Ortega, where they had that sort of, that they sort of had that problem with each other, even though it wasn't really a problem. I think that was a little bit inflamed yeah. more than anything, just to make it a, a more exciting. But when you see them fight the level that they fight that, then you know, like yeah. no matter what happens, you know they're out there to, to trying to take the other one's skull home. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a fight with two pillows on your, no. on, on your fist. No. They're trying to decorate the throne as, as the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I just want to circle back to That's your striking. Point. I know that you know you you you're being pretty critical about yourself, but I also think David Onama, he brought a level of striking that you know was UFC level. You know, he was switching stances. He was um, able to you know, to throw combinations here and there. So I actually am interested in seeing how he does in the featherweight division. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he doesn't, again, as you said, his, his ground game probably needs to be worked on. Or he's he's wrestling more than anything. Yeah. Well, as you say, defense. I've never seen anyone pass into mount so easily as you were doing with yeah. Nama. It, it was one of the, ridiculous. Sorry, I get excited, I do. This is what my girlfriend tells me off all the time. One of the things I will say is when we watched um, footage on David, we knew that he had an explosive backhand. Um, he was quite flat-footed, but he he had decent kick returns and different things striking. Um, so when he did throw the combos he did, mm. they were a bit more than I expected, but nothing really that was yeah. too out of context to believe. And one of the things we did want to be careful was was when you pin him down, he's very explosive to get back up. Yeah. He has that explosive athletic build, which means that he is able to explode from random places. Mm. So that was why that when he did explode, I tried to make sure that I was glued to his hips and I followed positions and I was always ready to mat return him straight away. And that you I was always in control so I didn't let him too far out. There were certain times where we end up separating in exchanges um, and he scored in one exchange where he caught me with a few shots as we separated and that was something unacceptable for me because mm. it's a way where if someone who was my weight or a bit heavier, because he was definitely lighter in that fight, mm. then um, there was someone who could have had a bit more power than you. Like it, it, Justin Gaethje, for example. Yeah. Those examples, you can't really walk through shots where I did. Um, mm. Even though I've got a good chin, it's just not worth it yeah. with someone who can bang. Totally. So 
he was good. Um, but I think in the featherweight division, um, I've always found this. There's not really much of a difference between, between lightweight and featherweight. Um, I found featherweights are usually more endurable. They have better endurance cast tank. They just don't actually have that strength as much as lightweights. But um, they can usually take it further. Um, whereas like you look at people like um, Josh M. Emmett. Um, mm -hmm. Josh M. Emmett has so much power in his hands that he yeah. can knock out lightweights no problem. Andre Feely has unbelievably good wrestling skills. Mm -hmm. Like you look at these guys coming through and like at featherweight he is going to be good, but I think if anyone watching that fight at UFC level, mm -hmm. they're just going to take him down. Yeah, um, well that's and it, his that's his wrestling defense was non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me circle back. So in in that fight, let's let's say around this the second round. So now you and I'm just kind of putting myself in your head because I'm watching the fight and I'm starting to get worried. I'm like you know thinking as the fight starts. Okay, my wife is next to me and we're. Um, watching it, and I'm, I'm starting to think, man, this is actually turning into a fight. This is a little bit more than a, the walkover I was sort of <laughs> expecting. How were you feeling when knowing that, that two fights into the UFC, you've had some controversial you know, stuff that's happened that has not represented you to the fullest extent of your skills? You got this fight, last, last minute sort of fill in, he comes, he is, he's game, and he's bringing a little bit. In your mind, say, you know, second round, third round, um, how are you well, like what's going through your mind at that moment? Where'd you go? Yeah, where'd you yeah. go in adversity? So, yeah, that's a great question. There is there is no adversity in, in, in that point. There mm -hmm. is no stress. There's no hurry about what could happen. All I'm focusing on is why isn't the fight over with and what yeah. am I doing that is incorrect? And mm -hmm. like, my, like I said, my gas tank was non-existent. Um, my striking was quite poor um, because I literally just had no energy to throw mm -hmm. stuff. So I'm like, look, you just need to keep him down. You need to maintain position, and then we need to get into a position where if you can't submit him, you can at least start opening him up with different strikes. So I took him down with some good takedowns. I maintained position, and my coach was like, look, make sure he doesn't get back up. Um, I, I let him back up a few times, but whenever I let him back up, it was no problem because I knew that he thought he could knock me out, and he knew that he needed to knock me out. Yeah. So all that meant is his hips were going to be open, so I had to make sure I timed my entries yeah. to make sure I made full extent that I didn't mm. allow him to sprawl. Um, I didn't allow him to break the, the angle. I didn't allow him to break the hips. So this is why, like my coach has said, when you come out, he said, I want you to take him straight down. This is why I didn't, mm -hmm. because I needed to make sure that he's no bum. He is UFC material, no problem. So I need to make sure that I time my takedowns well. I made sure I maintain position well. Mm -hmm. And I am, like, in my eyes, that fight was only ever going to go one way, which is me winning. Um, I should have won in the first minute. Um, if mm. I had been tighter, I rocked him very, very cleanly. Beautiful um, job. And I, sh I should have followed up a lot cleaner than I did. Um, and again, like we talk about making mistakes. And I said around the Cage Warriors level, um, before I fought for the lightweight title, I was making mistakes that in the UFC I couldn't afford to make mistakes in. Mm -hmm. I made three mistakes in three fights, and two of them has cost me fights. Mm. The Mike Davis fight, I made mistakes. The Alan Patrick fight, I probably made, I made a mistake. This fight, I need the guy in the head, I made mm. a mistake. And like, this can't continue, or I am going to get stripped for the UFC when I deserve to be the champion in the UFC. Yeah. So these are things I'm slowly tightening up and I'm improving. And um, like that next fight's going to be a bit more relaxed I think because I don't have to worry about yeah. making up for the, uh, the Mike mm. Davis fight I don't have to worry about making up for the Alan Patrick fight and all it is is I'm just going to slow things down I'm going to be cleaner and the finish is going to come and you're really going to start seeing like I did through Cage Warriors which was I'm going to start taking people apart and like the Mike Davis fight I, I, I won the stats even though um, my legs felt like they were in lead um, <laughs> I messed up my performance on that my prep on that and I still won every single stat mm. um, whether I won that fight or not I don't think I, I won I don't think I deserved to win because mm -hmm. it wasn't the performance I wanted anyway if they give me that win um, the Allen uh, the Patty fight um, I should have really 
put him away. Um, again, he found a way out because I give him a way out. And in this fight, um, I should have finished in the first minute. Mm -hmm. And it, these are little things that it's just waiting for something to click. And when mm -hmm. that click comes, it's, it's going to be beautiful for Highlands. It's mm -hmm. going to be. I, I'm 100% I'm sure that it will do. And do you know what? I, I think something that Tom and I spoke about last time we spoke to you and something I said to you after the interview is, you know, your level of humility and, and self-analysis within yeah. this is unbelievable. Like legitimately, Very like rare. legitimately, rare. there's some fighters out there that cannot see the mistakes they make because of whatever, it might be ego, it might be that they're not getting feedback from their coaches correctly, you know. There's a, a, a multitude of reasons that someone might not be looking at themselves. And I just respect it. I'm sat here while you're talking and just smiling like a fucking chump because <laughs> you just inspire me. Like the amount that you're humble and going, you know what? I need to work on this and I know I need to change it. It's gonna, and I'm going to take so over when I do. It's just humility is Humility is, is the complete opposite of where I am. I'm arrogant to the point where I know I am the greatest fighter on the planet. Easy. The greatest fighter on the planet. All that's left for me to do is to prove that I am. Yeah. And by the time I become the greatest fighter on this planet, then there's going to be no questions because I'm going to have ticked all the box I needed to. And I'm arrogant to the, to the point where I know that to be that arrogant, I need to make I need to correct yeah. the issues I make because yeah. you can't have a perfect performance until you correct all the, all the problems you're making. It's yeah. so like the fact that I poked Alan in the eye wasn't because it was accidental, it's because I opened my glove at yeah. the wrong time. I posted on the shoulder and I leant onto him when I literally should have just stepped back and I should have been driving punches down the center yeah. and I should have let him up because he was already on his way up. I should have been throwing strikes as he was coming up. Yeah. Um, I spoke to... Uh, Andre Feely about this obviously we're in the Andre Feely swag again from the <laughs> but um, it's actually my girlfriend's hoodie that I bought for her that um, I decided to wear out so um, hey, yeah I spoke ain't no problem with that I wear my girlfriend's show all the time ain't no problem with that so um, uh, we spoke because obviously he had an eye poke um, no contest the same as I had an eye poke mm. no contest his was a bit more where he dominated the guy I think the guy wanted the fight but Andre smashed the guy's face um, until the guy's face, eye was swollen up and yeah. then that was why the no yeah. contest um, and we spoke about it and one of the things we both agreed on was if the eye poke didn't exist and the finish would have been over like he dropped the guy where the guy was rocked mm. and then dived on him where he could have just stepped back and had a walk off KO and it's these things where you want to win so much sometimes that you do mistakes you don't need and yeah. you have to have that Chimeyev level of confidence where he knows he's going to win and he's in control all the way through the fight and mm. like for me, I'm getting there. It's just I needed to correct the mistakes I made. So yeah. this next fight now, when it comes, um, which sometime next next year, I'm going to make sure that I'm the strongest I've ever been. I'm the fittest I've ever been. My striking is as clean as it's ever been. My wrestling's there. My jiu-jitsu is back up to scratch. Because, like, I've been carrying little niggles and little problems since probably the, well, since my Cage Warriors mm. last couple of fights. And it's of just course, been, yeah. I've been snowballing because I needed, uh, I needed to secure my foundations. Now my foundations are stable. Um, I've had three good fights. Um, two of them didn't go my way. One of them a no contest, one of them a loss. Um, but I finally got my win and I think I am stable in the UFC. I'm secure at the moment. So mm -hmm. now I'm ready to start headhunting mm -hmm. and I'm ready to start taking skulls and then I can start calling people out. The people like Cowboy Cerrone I've always wanted to fight and these top tier fights that I You're really just mad. want to be You're fighting. So. <laughs> Incredible. I love it. I just love it. Well, I, I think the, the other thing, I think this kind of building on what you're saying is there's a, there are fighters that will not acknowledge whole so when i when i look at your levels That's, you yeah. know if, if we look at you know zero to ten you're sitting at nines and you know eight and a half and nine and a halves across the board and you're you are double serious about closing those fucking gaps to tens right yeah 
Um, 1%. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas, you know, some other fighters will say, yeah, you know, fucking... This works, why not? Yeah. yeah, this works, so, you know, don't break it. Um, or if it works, don't break it. Um, is that the same? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but I just love how critical you are yeah. uh, of the finer points. So, and this is the difference between someone that wants to just be in the UFC Wants someone, to make money and survive and yeah. be a journeyman versus someone who, who wants, wants to be a champion. champion. Oh, wants exactly. to reign. Like, like I'm destined to reign. That's the easiest way to be it. Like, um, the I said before the uh, the Alan uh, the Adam Proctor fight. Like, mm. um, I'm I'm a tyrant. That's where I want to be. Someone who takes the crown the the crown by force. That's mm. where I've always aspired to be. And it, it doesn't matter whether they give you a route or whether you think you just keep breaking down walls and told mm. you find your way to where you want to be. And um, like I'm surrounded by people who want to make me better. Um, the Adam Proctor fight we talk about, um, I had a decent, I had a decent performance. Um, I stopped him in two and a half minutes. I think it was three minutes, mm -hmm. um, and he was on a, a nine fight win streak, I think. Mm -hmm. And I took him apart. Uh, as soon as I got back, um, all we did was have critique. Um, mm -hmm. My kicking was no good. Um, I remember my girlfriend texted me. Um, as soon as the fight came back, I come back, I give her the belt because my girlfriend was the welterweight belt. I said, <laughs> "Look, this is for you." <laughs> And she, the first thing she said was, if you had got knocked out after throwing that terrible spinning hook kick, I, w I would have had to finish with you or I would have had to stop speaking my, my, my Taekwondo friends. So that is the people I surround myself with. And like some people won't understand that, but to me, this is why, one of the reasons I love my girlfriend was because I know that she always, she knows what I can do and how I can be. And the pinnacle, like I've always said, I want to be my kick game so strong that I can kick with Olympic level Taekwondo mm. fighters. I want to be able to wrestle with D1 level wrestlers. I want to be able to fight Jiu Jitsu with world champion Jiu Jitsu guys. Yeah. I want to be able to box, which I do with Olympic level mm. boxers, um, world champion boxers. Like I want to be the best in every area I can be. And like, I am beyond committed. I'm obsessed with the sport. Like I cannot function without fighting. Mm -hmm. um, for me, fighting's beyond in my blood. F fighting is what I am. And I am a violent, violent person who loves the chaos of fighting. Like, mm. I'm not a martial artist. Mm. I've said this a long time. I don't do it for the martial arts yeah. side of things. I do it for the violence. Yeah. I love the violence. I love the blood. I love the intentions of trying to hurt someone. And I love the chess game of trying to dismantle someone in as many, in as, well, as quickly as possible. Mm. Do you know what I, I think? First of all, I'm not sure if you're getting this, but my like male testosterone has never been like this, <laughs> this jacked up in a moment. I'm like, holy shit, I need to go, I need to go fight a bear right now. <laughs> Jesus, Mason, you're getting me like hyped right now. Uh, no, like honestly, I think you, like you said, uh, I've, it's weird when you hear people talk about, you know, oh, I'm gonna take over, you know, I'm about. It's different though when, you know, your mentality is, it just feels different. And this is why I think Tom and I, when we first spoke to you, we fell in love with you as a person and your mentality and the way that you operate as, as a martial artist, as, as, a, as, a, as a villain of violence, you know, or whatever you want to call it. You know, you operate in a very different way, in a way that we believe in you that you will be the champion one day because of how you operate and how you think well, and how you perform Olympic well. I've, I've got an Olympic sport background and a lot of people don't understand this because like you see where people talk about Olympic sports mm. and like oh you know what I mean the spirit of the Olympic Games mm. and different things and um, like I um, I thought I never went to the Commonwealth Games um, my girlfriend did she mm. medaled um, I, I never went I was injured before I went I never made Olympic Games never made a world games never went to anything um i was european level which in judo is very very tough yeah um to break through is 
was ridiculous because I was in the main the main weight groups as well mm -hmm. where like I compete in European tournaments and there'd be 140 people in my weight category yeah, exactly. um, that's 140 people you have to go through in one day so mm -hmm. they they, uh, they get through within one day for a win so you're fighting seven fights for a medal um, like E-Rash right there <laughs> oh, I know but my girlfriend was the same in her weight categories with Olympic Taekwondo they're the main weight categories and like you're, you're going to bleed to get to the top yeah. and um, like when you, you're in that aspect of it there is no Olympic spirit, as they say it. It is literally kill or be killed, and you learn to win by any means necessary. Like my judo coach, who is my wrestling coach and jiu-jitsu mm. coach, who still corners me now, Craig, um, he is the most brutal in it. Um, after the Alan Patrick fight, before, by the time we got out of the cage, he was so annoyed with me that he wouldn't speak to me. And then by the time we got to the medical room, which was, they take you out of the cage, into the medical room, he was ready to rip my head off because after I poked Alan in the eye, even though it wasn't, mm. I poked Alan in the eye, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't bad. Mm. He was annoyed because I was the one to put my hands up and said I poked him in the eye. Mm. I should have just forwarded it in. Like it's not my, and like not to be, this isn't for people to turn around and be like, oh my God, your coach is an absolute villain, like you put mm. it. It's because it's not my job to tell a referee I've hurt, yeah. done yeah, something accidental. Yeah. It's for the ref to stop it. And the ref will only stop it if it's bad. So like when I fought David, one of the times he need me flush in the cup, flush. Mm. And he said, you okay? And I ignored him and kept going because it wasn't a problem. It wasn't yeah. like, um, who was it? Um, I think, who was it? Uh, Barbosa spinning hook kick someone, uh, Paul Felder. Yeah, yeah. Um, we spin hook kicked him in the cup that hard that his cup split. Like it wasn't anything on that yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. It was a knee which everyone takes and it hurt, but mm. we're fighting. Yeah. And like, I want to fight. Mm. So like for me, when that eye poked happened, I should have followed in. So my coach was so irritated with me mm. because I threw the fight away. Because yeah. me stepping back and going, I am sorry, should have been me followed in for, with a combination yeah. and hitting him until he, there was no point for him to complain. So there was no, no, well, there was, no the, decision. None, the yeah. referee didn't see it. The commentary didn't see it. Like yeah. I understand people speak about all the, the honorable thing mm -hmm. to do, but they, this isn't a martial arts fucking duel. Yeah. yeah. This is this <laughs> yeah. is a fight to the yeah. bit, basically decide who is the best fighter. Mm -hmm. And for that, you you just have to win. There is mm -hmm. no, oh how they did this, how they did that. You just have to win. Like um, um, if you looked, if you watched the fights on this weekend, just mm -hmm. gone. Um, Makachev fought. Mm -hmm. uh, Makachev is going to be the lightweight champion mm -hmm. easily. Um, Makachev is someone I really, really, really want to fight. I think I, I think I could beat him. Mm -hmm. um, I think I got good rest and defense, and I think if I could just box him, I think I could just tear him up. Mm -hmm. um, everyone tries to fight him like he is a normal fighter or a wrestler. Mm -hmm. He's not. He is uh, a Russian sambo fighter, mm -hmm. and you have to drown him. And yeah. They are very hard. It's literally like trying to drown a shark. Mm -hmm. So you have that. to make them uncomfortable. Oh, I love that. It's the same as the Habib fight. Like everyone fought Habib um, where Habib was comfortable. Mm. You have to make Habib uncomfortable, and that is unbelievably hard. Unbelievably mm. hard. It's like going into a strongman competition and trying to outlift them. Yeah. So you have to find a way. Yeah. But this is the thing. You just have to win, and they are very good at just w w winning. Like Makachev went out there. I don't think he threw a shot. I think mm. he waited for Hooker to kick. Timed it well, blast doubled him, and then as soon as he was down, Hooker accepted it. That was the end. Yeah. Because there was no way coming up. Yeah. There was no way he was letting him stand back up because he's tightened the game so much that there is no holes. Mm. If you accept it, you're dead. Mm. Um, <laughs> Darren Elkins is, um, has that type of jiu-jitsu game, whereas yeah. Darren Elkins, if you accept a position with Darren Elkins, mm. you were dead. You yeah. are finished. You are not going back up. Mm. 
you watched his last fight, the guy literally who had um, the guy who beat him had had 25 wins, and every one of his 25 wins he'd won in the first round. So the guy came out with the intention of knocking out Darren Elkins. Like why? <laughs> yeah. I'd never understood that. Like you need to be watching what your opponent does and building a plan on your opponent does. Like if I fought Darren Elkins, which I never would, Heatherweight, and he's a good friend of mine. Why are you try to knock him out? Mm. It is literally like it's like trying to kill a guy off for Halloween. Do you know what I mean? The one who just come back from the dead. It is just pop him and run for the fu- for however long it is. Just run away from him. Yeah. That's what um, who's the, um, Ryan Hall did. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hall kept um, like striking him, and then mm. when he exchanged, he'd like try and leg lock him yeah. and pull guard, and then Elkins would stand back up and he'd come back up, pop him, and then try and heel lock him again. Not with mm. the intention to finish him, just to keep separating and winning the rounds. Yeah. And it's like there is a there is an extent where you want to beat everyone, but there is like that man is very 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 tough to finish. Mm. Like he will go out and come back awake before you even realize he's sleeping. That's how tough that man is. Mm. So. Like you just have to win. You you just mm. that's the Olympic style. That is the real Olympic spirit, which is you just learn how to beat people and how to win by the smallest smallest margins. I imagine you're not tapping then. Similar to similar to Jan Blahovic in this past weekend, that it felt like that tap from when Glover sunk that under his neck was a very quick one. I'm not sure. You don't need a choke. You. Uh, that you, was your opinion. You don't tap the chokes. You I was don't tap say, the chokes. I was going to say, I the refs hit to stop you before you die. But arm, arm locks and knee and heel locks and things, yeah. you yeah. have to make a decision. A you have to make a decision because. You either lose like, the joint or. Well, yeah. it's not even that. It's like a heel hook um, that can end your career. An yeah. arm lock can. And like. It's like the same thing when people say about the oblique kicks and they say, oh, oblique kicks should be removed from martial arts. They shouldn't. They, they shouldn't be removed. I, I want people to bring back kicks to the head when they're grounded opponent. Like, mm. I'm happy to bring it back because at the end of the day, that's what the referee's there for. Just, I don't mind. The referee on the weekend, one of the referees. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he'll ever ref UFC <laughs> <laughs> fight again. Yeah. But the referee is, is your... I don't know. He's he's there to save your life. That's that's yeah. it is. Like you're you're in the referee's hands, and I you you always need to know that you're in capable hands. And like when you see like Mark Cordard and these people, like you know you're in very very capable yeah. hands. So you can go out there and you can put everything on the line. Um, like limb snaps and different things. It all depends. Like um, if you're 10 seconds left in a is 10 seconds left and someone's going to break your arm and you're up three rounds and you're winning a tight eliminator and you know you're going to have time to recover and it's your arm then maybe do you know what I mean let, let it break. But um, if oh, it's, it's just your arm, if yeah, it's, two if it's, it's all good. So I fought a jiu-jitsu competition um, before I went to the Europeans yeah. um, and before I went to Brazil. I was going mm. to Brazil for three months to train mm. when I was like 18 and um, I fought a competition against Bryn Jenkins and Bryn was someone. I knew about who was good jiu-jitsu and I was winning on points and there was 30 seconds left and he hit me with an elbow elevation from guard which you literally wrap and yank up mm. and I tore three ligaments in my elbow before I tapped because it was 30 oh. seconds left and I was like it's not going to snap I got plenty of time <laughs> and then the first ligament popped and he looked at me and I was like nah and the second ligament popped and then I could feel the bone lifting and I was like it's not worth me breaking my arm so I yeah. tapped yeah. but never me fight there yeah, I'd probably let it break Oh, yeah. But um, wow. it's a different mentality when you're in there. Like yeah. my stitches, they never. I've, this is the first fight because I had a stitch on my chin and a stitch under my eye from a scram, where, um, which required stitches. It's the first time they've ever given me anaesthetic before they stitch me up. Normally oh. they just put a needle in. You mm. don't feel any Jesus, of it. Yeah. Your adrenaline's going, and mm. yeah. I talk even more nonsense. <laughs> I was gonna, I was going to ask you, like obviously, you know, you you said earlier, you know, there was no point where you were really rocked. Like he was whacking you with some big shots. I, I like. I was wondering, like, there were some moments where I thought you were definitely a little bit rocked, and I thought there were some, like, stumbles or anything. Um, oh, I stumbled. Yeah. Um, my feet went under, under me in a few fights, but that was in a few of the shots. Yeah. That wasn't to do with, like, he caught me with a good shot, and I was, like, 
didn't yeah. like like it half wasn't a flash out. It was just anything, yeah. no, it wasn't like because there's, there's two places. You either get a spark clean out where yeah. you go cold, yeah. or three. There's one where you get hit where you'll get clipped hard and like something will go. So like, I've been Andre kicked me in the neck when I was like <laughs> 21. <laughs> And my one leg went dead in training. So oh. the whole feeling just goes from your one leg, like yeah. the nerve goes. You don't fall. <laughs> yeah. Just I like stumbled because my one leg had gone a little bit. And one of the coaches was behind me was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, just my one leg's gone. <laughs> and that's only one of the times I've ever been rocked in training. Yeah. Um, it's only been like, I think I've been in training. It's been about three occasions, mm. two boxing and one with Andre yeah. in the entire time I've been training. Um, and then there's other times where you'll get hit. And because yeah, my feet weren't underneath me, because my mm. footwork was so bad, I was just literally almost falling over. Mm. And they're hitting you with shots and pushing forwards. Yeah. And it's like you're trying to get your feet underneath you to regain balance. Yeah. And you're literally getting hit left and right. But there wasn't any times where I was like, I am in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I don't know which way up is. Yeah. I'm in trouble. It was just getting hit with shots. But I was like, look, this isn't. This doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm losing scores I don't need to take. Yeah. And like... I bruise like old fruit. I do. I bruise like old fruit. And if you look at the marks, I had, I had a mouse under my eye, which obviously is a little bit black. Mm. A mouse under my eye, which is nothing new for mm. me. And I had a little scram um, under my eyelid, which again is nothing new for me. But I, I, I didn't really have any marks. Like there wasn't that big of shots that they really made a problem. Amazing. So there is like the Mike Tavis fight. So at one point in the Mike Tavis fight, when my gum shield got knocked out, mm. um, he broke his thumb in that round as well. So I think when he threw an overhand right, I'm pretty sure his thumb went in my eye because my one eye went completely white. Oh shit. And like I literally just yeah. seen white in my one eye and that my gum shield flew out my mouth. And I remember I sort of like looked at the ref and Mike was on it. Mike mm. was looking for that finish. And that was a time where I wasn't rocked, rocked, but I thought I'm in trouble here. And then mm. you see me come back, tighten up and exchange and clip mm. up with him. Um, I'm pretty sure he did break his thumb in my eye. <laughs> but um, like these, that's the times you're in trouble. This fight, there was no points where I thought I'm in trouble here. Okay. Or my, my striking coach said the same. There wasn't any points where he seen me where he thought, shit, mm. like you're in trouble. And like he's seen me get rocked before. So Janie yeah. Cox, who was a 25 and two boxer, um, leading up to the Adam Proctor fight, actually, mm. um, he caught me with a straight down the pipe um, and he floored me. Mm. And um, I apparently hit the floor, bounced back up, tie clinched him and walked into the ropes and was literally just clinched up on him and he was laughing, like slapped me in the back of the head with a glove on and I was half out. Oh, wow. Like I was rocked, yeah. rocked. Like I wasn't, I wasn't asleep, but yeah. I was yeah. asleep standing up. Yeah. yeah. And I tied him up and I said to my coach afterwards, I was like, tied him up well or didn't I? <laughs> he was laughing. <laughs> and he's like, um, he hit you with a, such a lovely left hand. I said, I don't know what he hit me with. I just know mm. that I hit the floor and bounced back at my feet. Mm. And um, like those are the times where you're in trouble. And mm. I haven't, in my whole career in MMA, so far, touch wood, mm. being caught with anything like that yet. It's going to come, like yeah. it is going to come, but I'm tough enough to deal with it. Mm. And, and do you know what? I, I, it definitely seems it. And it seems like also as well, when there were moments where uh, where David was putting it on you and, and throwing like, you know, four or five punch combinations. Where I was like this. <laughs> but you then, especially there was one in the third that was absolutely beautiful. He threw like, I think a three punch combination and you timed your takedowns yeah, so blast double beautifully. It was, yeah. and I don't like blast doubles either. You lifted him so high and just so out, and it was such a beautiful takedown. I wanted to ask, you know, is that again something that you're you're willing to put yourself through a little bit of damage so that you can time that takedown and and, and shoot for it? Or no, that was just sort of like me getting um, caught with strikes I shouldn't have been taken. I should have been out of position mm. for. I was square, my hands were low, my chin was mm. up in the air, and I had my mouth open trying to breathe. And those are just things you just learn to react to, yeah. and that's just from being high level wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, those are just positions where you can deal with it and take it. But I don't want to be taking shots like that. Like I want mm. clean performances. Mm. I want to be able to do the Max Holloway and um, be able 
to slip nine punches, do you know what I mean? And, and I can't do it. It's just, again, tightening and tightening until you start seeing yeah. these things in performances. Your yeah. head movement was actually really nice. There was one point me and I Tom slipped the over and left yeah. Yeah. and took the waist. Yeah. Oh my God. Should have either so taken beautiful. down or I should have counted off that. But yeah. I was just so fucking tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 really, your head movement was beautiful. I said there was another Especially point where he threw like three or four. Yeah, as you say, your head movement was great. <laughs> Working out your neck, it was yeah. <laughs> such a strong neck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I was, I was just, uh, so we we come out of that fight. We you know we we have the night after the fight. You you now come back to Wales, um, and so you've got two two places that you're working on your game. You've got team, team alpha male, male you've and got home, and and the gym at home. Um, how does that how does that sort of look going forward? Do you need to get to alpha male just for the competition at some point? The sparring or? partners, it is. So yeah. I'm gonna. Tighten up my game up, up up until New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll train all the way through. I won't holiday now. That's mm-hmm. me. Um, we push through tr- through Christmas, through New Year. We'll train right through. Um, get as much time in as possible. Um, January, I will head out to Team Alpha Male. Um, hopefully, I'll be fit by then. Um, then I'll start increasing my fitness towards the end of Jan- January. Uh, sort of camp house out, mm-hmm. and then in February. I should be about eight weeks out from a fight. I'm hoping to fight around March. Amazing. So start fair bend and Chan will be about eight weeks out uh, with the house. Mm-hmm. And then my coach is going to come in about six weeks, five weeks out, mm-hmm. finish the camp. Um, or pretty much start a camp. I want to do a six week camp, which is about perfect for me after I'm fit. And then um, that's six weeks of intense training. We'll take that to a fight and get a fight night performance bonus, come home for a few weeks. Um, and then go back out and look for another fight. Come on, eat March, some pizza. June, and then November. <laughs> food. A couple of Welsh cakes, you know. Try and, try and cut down because I do get I do get fat. Like I get Ricky Hat, and my parents calling me where my face just gets fat. But um, I don't think I'm quite that bad at the moment. I'm big, but I'm not too big. Do, do you know what I, I, I was going to say? Obviously, you know. Uh, I would love to know, you know, what kind of thing, you know, who you're maybe considering or, or who you're maybe thinking about wanting to fight in March. Um, no you, one at the moment. N- there's, there's no there's, one in particular. That I don't have. At? I don't have any aspirations of calling anyone out. Only because I don't have the background to call people out. Yeah. And this is just going to be sort of wait and see who Sean offers yeah. and go from there. And I don't really turn. I, I've never. I know people always say, it, but I've never turned a fight down. I'm game yeah. to fight everyone. Like if Gaethje's name come up, I would love to fight Gaethje. Mm, but yeah. these are fights that I'm a long way away from. Um, so. I've literally just need to get well. another win. I'm 26, so um, like you start seeing people win titles at 33, 34. Mm. Obviously, um, Glover or Glovier, whatever you say his name, won a title. <laughs> what 40, 42, 42, 42. 42. Yeah. So you're starting to see people get a, a bit later like I know Poirier um, and those are all in their mm. 30s mid 30s exactly. so you start to see people peak around mid 30s so I've got a, I've got a bit of time and I'm, I'm just I just need to improve I need to improve faster than I'm improving now so mm. all that means is getting back fit and healthy and getting back pushing um, I'm going to do a lot more boxing um, a lot more with my tie coach and different things and because I'm almost at the point where my striking's clicking I'm close mm. I'm not quite there yet because mm. you'll see it flare up in there and mm. as soon as you see that click you're going to start seeing these finishes and I'm close I'm so so close so it's coming, it's coming. Do you think, um, obviously, you know, you, we talked about Paddy earlier. Um, you guys are similar within the, in of that he's, he's just had his first fight, you know, he's, he's up and coming. Um, how do you feel, would you be comfortable fighting any I'll fight of the, anyone. the UK fighters? I'll fight anyone. Amazing. I don't care, Amazing. I have no friends in this division. There's That's no, awesome. Um, I'll That's fight awesome. training partners, I'll fight anyone. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. That's, do you know, yeah. I, I think that's, that's, again, something to be respected when, we, you know, there's, there's definitely people who, are, who have not in, in the past, you know, we've heard recently Tony Ferguson, you know, not accepting certain fights and certain people like that, you know, so 
I think the fact that you're willing to fight anyone is absolutely amazing and it, it, it speaks volumes about, again, your character. The only difference volumes. I'd say when you talk about Tony Ferguson and stuff like that, there are guys where they're, they're close to the top, but they're not quite, he's not quite mm. there. Um, mm. And he's, he's, he's aged, like different people aged differently. Like 100%. you see Dustin Poirier, mm. he's aged well. Max mm. Holloway's aged well, where yeah. they've got better as they get on. Um, Habib left early because yeah. he had the age he was he felt like he, he felt he was peaking yeah. um tony i think is a little bit too past the I point he yeah. took it so um he took so much earlier on and he did so much stupid training that his clock <laughs> is pretty much done yeah and that's that's, so that's, that's why he turns fights down because yeah. for him it's the same as um uh the cowboy a cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. yeah same as him like he's at that point where he he's done so much and there's so much miles on the clock that there's certain fights he needs and certain fights he shouldn't take and he yeah. still takes fights that he shouldn't really take yeah. like the last couple of fights he's had i think he's on a war four fight losing streak yeah. five fight losing streak yeah. yeah like these are just fights where he, he probably either needs to retire or needs he needs a good win mm -hmm. so like again i'd love to fight Cerrone because I think he brings that vet status mm -hmm. he's on a lo losing streak and i'd love to i'd love to give him a last ride but I'm at no point where um, I could call someone You'd like write that him out. one last time. One last one last ride to war in it. One more one last fight. But um, <laughs> like that's that's the thing is like um, I have no I'm I'm not I'm no one at the moment. I'm an unranked fighter with one win, one no contest, and one loss in the UFC. And like my record before doesn't matter. None of it yeah. matters. All that matters is your record in the UFC. Yeah. Well, I think. It seems like from the UFC's perspective, and you get a lot of the energy from the UFC from how the announcers are, are viewing fights, and it seems like the UFC very much has their eye on you, very much has hopes for you, and, and, and has a plan um, to see how far you're going to take it. So I expect they're going to give you some, some decent matchups. Some good shit coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I need so. to make the most of them as well. Like, um, we talk about this where like, people have made the most, Paddy did, Jack did, they made the most of their entrances in UFC. Ian, Gary, I think is gonna do the same this weekend. Yeah. They've given opportunities and they made the most of it. I, I didn't. They gave, me the, they gave me that entry with the Mike Davis fight against a tough opponent. And I made that, I didn't, I didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. Easy as that. So I've, I've, I've picked a hard path, but uh, again, hard paths make better fighters. So. They also end up being a lot more satisfying when you get to the uh, when you get. Doesn't to matter the end. about that. It's all that matters is getting to the end. It's the yeah. thing is like if you can take a cheat and you can cut to the end, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like Cyril Gan, Cyril Gan yeah, literally yeah. got there that quick. They had to throw some people in his way because he was going too quick, yeah. Yeah. and he still tore his way to the top. Yeah. yeah, I think. I mean, again, it seems like you're being. I know why you're being hard on yourself, but uh, the, the performances, <laughs> the performances themselves. Um, there's a reason why there's still a shining light on yeah, you. Yeah, of course. You are one, one, and one in the UFC. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's an absolute like a fence post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one, one, zero, one. Man, you don't count uh, one would be a draw. So it's one, one, zero, one. So well, more like Morse code, doing. Yeah. The, the the digit on the left, which is uh, which is wins, I think is. Gonna to start moving up but yeah of course i, I, I fully yeah. agree yeah. hey do you know what this has been absolutely incredible to have you in studio and to be able to talk to you in person today tom and i are not only huge fans uh like i said massively inspired by you and just your mentality and who you are as a person for such a young lad to have such a strong head on your shoulders is absolutely incredible to see 
and we will be behind you every step of the way. We, we, we I can't even tell you, I called Tom midway through the fight and I'm like, this is crazy. Oh my God, Tom, this fight's wild. I was like, I'm sweating so much over here, you know. Her just... mother was on the breakdown, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was uh, across the phone line. We were like, he's got to take him down. Keep him down. Keep him fucking down. <laughs> just going nice, but honestly, just so thankful to have My, you here. Yeah, thank you. No, I appreciate it, and I appreciate being on. And um, I know we have run out of tape because I probably talked for way too long. But, um, yeah, thanks again for having me on. And, uh, yes, pleasure. Any, any, anytime. Anytime. Uh, shout out your socials, your sponsors, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Please feel free. So, um, sponsor-wise... Um, SD Sealant's big one, Watch the Whales, obviously always blinging me up with, with holies. But um, they're my two big ones. And then PP Builders, SD, uh, S, uh, CCS Scaffolding, um, they're my long-time sponsors since mm-hmm. I was 15, so they've been supporting me all the way through. Um, also, um, there's a couple of new ones just got on board. Um, can't remember what it's called. We'll, um, we'll tag them. We'll yeah, tag we'll them. tag them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just got on board with a recycling plant um, that oh, are wow. going to support and help nice. out. So that's awesome. Um, I should really remember the name. Um, I think it's GS something scaffold, um, whatever it's called, <laughs> scrapyard. So yeah, thanks for the support. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, truly honored to be in your presence. GJL. GJL. The boss has told me. GJL. So that's perfect. So please give them a, check them out on Instagram. Um, and yeah, they are the only only scrapyard in the UK that can scrap and recycle cars. So That's wow. amazing. And uh, and for you on Instagram, you're Mason Jones. 95, 95. yeah. Um, almost up to 26,000. So please Woo! give me a boost for close. Um, also check out my YouTube. Um, I We're trying to get more and more on it. I just, it's hard, you know, I is to film things day in day out but yeah, um, we're getting there um, so yeah check me out my socials everything's tagged my website's there as well so you can check that out but yeah thanks for having me on and it's been a pleasure amazing uh, as always we're homie and the dude the father and son uh, MMA and TTRPG team um, if you can guys hit us with the holy trinity subscribe to the YouTube follow on Twitter it's where you can interact with us most I'll be answering loads of comments and stuff like that and uh, if you can follow on Instagram or Facebook whichever one of those suits you best don't forget to share the video as well because that helps yeah yeah, exactly exactly. (laughs) share it up Uh, thank you so much for watching and uh, we'll catch you in the next one Mason thanks so much pleasure hey guys thank you so much for watching homie and the dude today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please hit us with the Holy Trinity. Go follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and like the Facebook. It's the best way that you can help us out at the moment. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for watching, guys.